The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. And the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple? Truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This morning Jesus is here to smash your idols. And before you go home today, Jesus wants you to be smashing them too. There is plenty in this little speech from Jesus to make us nervous, especially once Jesus says, I did not come to make peace with the world, and I'm pretty good with a sword. And by the time I'm done, It will be mom against dad, against son, against daughter, against the in-laws. That is not exactly gentle Jesus, meek and mild. So how do we get from an idol-smashing Jesus to a peaceful Jesus, full of mercy and full of joy? The whole thing turns on a single word found in verse 37, the word more. If we get that one word right, then we get peace with Jesus. If we get that wrong, then we are stuck with our idols forever. While this text may sound harsh, there is a fair bit of good news here. For any of you who are at odds with life, for any of you who feel disappointed or betrayed or even angry about the world in which we now live, first, Jesus is on your side. Jesus did not come into the world to make peace with the world 
as it is. So if you find our present world cruel and dangerous and base and even insane, if you find it hateful and demonic and hopeless, then Jesus is your God. You remember that when Jesus made the world, it was perfectly ordered by his love. But our sins wrecked it. We disordered it. And worse, from pride, we have praised our wreck as noble and brilliant and wise ever since. However, this morning, Jesus less than respectfully disagrees. Jesus has returned, and Jesus wants his world back. Jesus wants it back all the way to Eden, and Jesus wants all his children home again. So Jesus is not here to make peace with our sins. Jesus is here to slay our sins and then to resurrect us. Jesus is here to smash our idols. Jesus has come to change the world, starting with you and with me, to change us. Jesus uses a sword. It is a small dagger, actually, so it is a precision instrument, and there are a couple of ways for Jesus to use it. Sure, Jesus can use it to stab things and cut things and kill things that will not surrender, including persons like us but he would rather not. Jesus will only be our enemy if we force him to be our enemy. Instead, if we will respect the horror of our sins, if we will listen to his law and his gospel, and if we will come to our senses, if we will surrender and prove that surrender in repentance, throwing ourselves on his mercy, then Jesus can use his sword to sort things out much more strategically, to do a bit of surgery, to slice away the bits that have gone bad, to nudge the good things back into their proper spots, and then to protect us while we heal. That is smashing idols. But the other part of our recovery is picking up our cross, which really means picking up a true relic a sliver of Jesus' own cross and following him. Yes, lifting does sound painful, especially at first, right after surgery. 
But as we have already learned from our godless world, life without a cross is much more painful still. Crosslessness is how we got the evil chaos in which we live today. Folks without a relic, those without a sliver of Jesus' true cross, suffer alone. They follow idols with no vision, on ways that go nowhere, despising not only those they hate, but also those they are meant to love. Fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers and in-laws. And so, their world becomes despicable, like the one that we have now. And yet, their crossless suffering is meaningless. Their trouble gains nothing good. It only escalates the eternal pain. And so it is no wonder that our world is so anxious and so hopeless. But Jesus' cross is your cure. You got his cross at your baptism when you died and rose with him. Now your story is his story. And your life is his life. And your work is his work. Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus walk in a new life, freed from sin, dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus? That new life, that new way, Following Jesus is holy and beautiful and gracious and loves our Lord Jesus Christ most and best. It goes without saying that no mother, no father, no sister, no brother, no in-law is allowed to push Jesus aside no creature is ever honored more than our Creator. That would repeat the sin of paradise. But all of you are far beyond that now. You are not only baptized in the font, but you've been forgiven on your knees at absolution this morning, and in a moment you will be nourished at Christ's Holy Supper here at this altar. And so you are here to find real life in Jesus Christ. So giving you his cross means giving you his life. And when Jesus pulls you along to follow him, he is teaching you to go as he goes and hear as he hears. He is teaching you to see as he sees, to think as he thinks and do as he does. It starts with the small stuff. Honor for the prophets, hospitality for the righteous, and charity for children. But it grows into the big stuff of Acts chapter 2, a life that orbits Christ 
adorned with scripture and prayer and liturgy and Eucharist and tithing and alms and mercy and most of all as a winsome witness to a dying world. Honoring our Heavenly Father while we live soaked in the Holy Spirit with the prayer that all our world's idols will come down, that the sword of Jesus will come divide good from evil, condemning and redeeming, and then with the prayer that the entire creation be found faithful, and that Jesus will have all of his children, every last one of them, back in their proper spot, home again with him. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>